Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I think it's safe for me to say that just about everybody here in the sanctuary today has some type of clock on their person. Whether it be the old-fashioned way of actually wearing a watch on your wrists or the ever-so-present cell phone today that's in just about everybody's pocket or purse. Because we need these clocks. These clocks tell us when to be places at a certain time. They tell us when we need to get up in the morning, when we need to be here in the sanctuary to be at the start of worship on time, when we will have lunch, when we will meet up with our friends or family letter later, when, when, when. Our culture is so consumed with the when. When will things be? When will we get there? And this when, this question of when, is also a very same question that is taken up in our gospel reading today. Because today the reading for our meditation is our gospel lesson according to Mark chapter 13. And especially today we focus on the gospel hope as given to us in verse 10. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And yet some people even take this verse as a reason that they can tell us when the end of the world will come. That they can know when the end of the world will be because when they know we've preached it to everybody and anybody in this world, then we'll know. That's when we'll know. But quite frankly, that's just the wrong way of looking at it. Because the when is not something for us to know. Scripture makes it evidently clear that we are not to know when the end of the world will come. Just verses later in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus himself tells his his disciples to always be prepared, to be on your guard and keep awake. Because concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And yet, in our reading for meditation today, the disciples ask the famous old question, when? They say to Jesus, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? Now, when they ask this question of Jesus, he responds to their question. But he responds typical to the way he responds to anybody and everybody. He doesn't necessarily give them the answer that they want, but he gives them what they need. He tells them what they can expect. He doesn't tell them the when, but he tells them what they can expect to see and experience. And in fact, he tells them six different things they can expect to see. One, many will come in my name. There will be false messiahs, people who come into this world claiming to be the one, claiming to have the way, the truth, and the life. Two, There'll be wars and rumors of wars. Three, there'll be earthquakes and famines. Not just the human beings, not just people will be corrupted and experience destruction, but even the creation itself. The creation itself experienced destruction and loss. Four, they will deliver you over to councils, synagogues, governors, and kings for my sake. The disciples, the followers of Jesus Christ will be brought up before the rulers of the land to give their testimony. Will they pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ following him alone? Or will they instead pledge allegiance 
to earthly human rulers. Five, brother will deliver brother over to death. The ultimate sacrifice, sacrificing one's own family for the sake of following Christ. And six, you will be hated by all for my name's sake. And hate is such a strong word. Well, such an accurate word for the way the world, the sinful, fallen world, is opposed to Jesus Christ and his message. And that is the same experience that followers of Christ will have. Did you catch the certainty in Jesus' words? He makes it certain that these things can be expected, that they will happen. Many will come in my name when you hear of wars. There will be earthquakes. They will deliver you over. Brother will deliver brother over, and you will be hated. Make no mistake about it. Jesus says these things will happen. And isn't that the truth? Don't we see that to be true? Don't we see his words to be true? We see it today. We experience it firsthand in our lives today. Look throughout history. We can see throughout history these fanatic preachers that have risen to great power and great fame, proclaiming they're the one that's been sent by God. They've got the real truth, only then to fade away. Or just this last week, your news feeds and your newspapers filled with the horrific stories of wildfires that have ravaged California, taking land and homes and lives. Or even last week as we celebrated Veterans Day, honoring those who have served and continue to serve in our armed forces, again reminds us that there have been wars for centuries and still are wars today. Point is, these things that Jesus are, talk are talking about, they're real life. They're true today. It's not just some ancient historical truth written in some old time book. It's real and true today question is, what can we do? As Jesus says today, there's one thing we must do. The gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. The gospel must be proclaimed. If we were to take the words used here in the Greek written by Mark, we could also translate it more literally to say, it is necessary to preach the gospel. It is necessary, meaning absolutely necessary needed, essential, imperative. The gospel must be proclaimed. And this gospel that Jesus speaks of, this gospel is so beautifully, so succinctly illustrated for us today in our epistle lesson from Hebrews chapter 10, which again reads, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Christ offered at all, for all time a single sacrifice for sins. Single sacrifice. He came into this world, the innocent man that he was, true God, true man, and offered himself as that single sacrifice. His body, his blood, as the once for all sacrifice. The once for all sacrifice for your sin, for my sin, for the sin of the entire world. His single sacrifice that redeemed the entire world and restored you to your Father in heaven. 
And not only has he forgiven your sins, which grants you to eternal life, but also it says here today, he puts his enemies as a footstool under his feet. His enemies, which are sin, death, and the devil. Sin, death, and the devil, which manifest themselves in this world today through false messiahs, wars, earthquakes and famines, destruction and division. Those things sound familiar? The very things that Jesus says we can expect to see and we see today are the very things that are under his feet. Because Jesus has control over all those things. And he will banish them one day. And that, that gospel is your hope. Your hope to know that one day there will be no more wars. Your hope to know that one day there will be no more famines or earthquakes. Your hope to know that there's so much more than this earthly life we get to live. That is your hope. And we don't know when it will come. We don't know when it will be, but we know that it will. And we know who's in control. And we know the great promise of hope that he gives us. And this hope, this hope is the, the hope that you get to carry with you every single day. So for some of you who go back to school this week or to visit with your peers elsewhere, when you hear the lies and deception that they're trying to spin to you, your hope is in the truth that God has given you. Or when you turn on the television or open your, your news app on your iPhone and you see the next mass shooting or earthquake or fire, your hope is knowing that God will bring it to an end one day. Or even when death hits so closely to home, your hope is knowing that there's more than just this earthly life. That is the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus who gives you so many promises, including the promise at the very end of our gospel reading today. Again, Jesus said, the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures to the end will be saved. And the fact is, as we see in scripture, God desires all people to be saved. He desires you to be saved and he gives you the very thing you need to endure to the end. Again, his gospel, his gospel message, that message of hope which enables you to endure to the end. But not just you, everybody. So don't keep it to yourself. Preach it, proclaim it, share it with all the nations to anybody and everybody you can. Share it as loud as you can in your life, anywhere and everywhere. Share it from the mountaintops, which to me reminds me of a very fitting Christmas hymn that would help us here. And I know there's a heated debate going on in society today. It's not yet Thanksgiving, so let's not think about Christmas and decorations yet. I'm not trying to advocate any which way here. But think of the hymn. And if you wish, go ahead and sing along with me. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And we know the rest of that gospel hymn, that he was born, suffered, died, and rose for the single sacrifice for you so that you get to endure to the end. Because in the end, as we're reminded in Daniel chapter 12 today, some will go to everlasting life and some to everlasting shame and contempt. 
but because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He gives you that eternal life. That's your hope. That is your hope in all that you experience today. So preach the gospel. Proclaim the gospel, not in some way so that you can know when the end of the world will come, but to hear the hope that Christ gives you. To be reminded of that promise of eternal life. And not just for yourself, but for all nations. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.